Welcome to Wisdom at the Crossroads. I'm your host, Amanda Onchalenko, and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice remotely. Together, let's pause the rhythm of the day as we dive into the backstories of an artistic life, my life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. So get yourself a beverage and let's settle in for a short while as we reflect on how some of my favourite paintings have evolved and what wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Opposite my painted ladies in the dining room lives an ode to Tom. This was one of my very early works in mixed media, an acrylic and chalk pastel on watercolour paper, 22 and a half by 30 inches. Tom is a ladies' man and the painted ladies opposite enjoy the view. Together they act as foils reflecting aspects of the past and the present to each other. Painted in 2001, this piece was an image that grew as a collage would by compiling a group of thoughts graphically into a single image. At that time in my life, with some time to myself to contemplate creativity, I began looking for thematic starts by asking myself what I wanted to paint. Is there a purpose and why or why not? The advice one would give to a writer to write what you know was just as applicable to me as a painter then, and so that is where I began. I was in my first ever shared studio in the Exchange District in downtown Winnipeg, where my tight little shared space within a space snugly accommodated the full sheet of paper, and that was about it. The thought of paint what you know got me to thinking about where I was and where I was from, and what were some of the common elements that these very different landscapes shared. I called it Ode to Tom because I made reference to Tom Thompson's iconic Jack Pine. This was an image I associated with Canada because a poster of it had hung in a classroom in my small town on the south coast of Australia. I can't recall what grade I was in, but I do remember admiring this image often on hot weekday afternoons when we all wanted a swim, but the school day lingered on. Like everyone around me, I felt the desire to seek the relief of cold water, but in the meantime my thoughts waded through wedges of sunlight shining to illuminate chalk dust floating in the humid air. I must have been young and extremely literal, as I had assumed at the time that Tom Thompson's image might be what Canada looked like, as the label beneath the image clearly stated Canadian art. It should be noted at the time there was no disclaimer stating this was only a brief window in the summer and my younger self accepted it on face value. I grew up in the Wollongong region in Australia which includes the shores of Lake Illawarra and the ocean was always close by. Here I loved to explore the edges where ocean and earth met, on sandy beaches or in rocky tidal pools and so it was a simple extension for some part of my younger self to have connected emotionally with that wind-sculpted tree at the edge of a water body. Then I had no plans to become Canadian or even to visit Canada, but I did arrive in Canada by way of Paris to live full-time on the Canadian prairies, ironically on Australia Day in 1991. 31 years later, I am still here. As a newcomer to Canada, there were things to learn, like driving on the wrong side of the road, not to mention language and communication, despite the fact that my first language was English. As any expat can appreciate, the vowels specifically can be an issue. My sense of humour was lost on literal Canadians, but many did think it funny to ask about silly assumptions like, was it true the water went the wrong way down the drain in the Southern Hemisphere? Naturally, I agreed. Of course it does. And we all have kangaroos as pets instead of dogs, I would add for good measure. 
In collecting visual ideas for my composition using the suggestion of Tom Thompson's Jack Pine in the composition seemed like a natural fit, and reversing the Jack Pine mimicked the topsy-turvy nature of moving hemispheres and living upside down or back to front. The prairie was a surprise to me when I first experienced it, but it definitely grows on you and gradually shares its seasonal expanses. What might look and feel lifeless and extraordinarily flat at first sight is subtle and draws us in to share in its seasonal inspiration. In the early days, I found it a challenge to get my bearings in this very flat landscape where roads and sky reached for days and the visual cues within it changed with the seasons. I remember thinking of Chicken Little and the sky falling. Those skies were so large and expansive. Without the mountains I grew up with on the coast, between the mountains and the sea, what could possibly be holding that broad sky up? Directions were a much simpler proposition when the beach was to the east and the mountains were clearly visible in the west. My very first visit to Lake Country in Canada was to Shoal Lake in Lake of the Woods at the western edge of Ontario not far from the Manitoba border and very close to the centre of Canada. This felt like the quintessential Canadian landscape I had dreamed of in that long-ago classroom. Moonlight reflected beautifully here on deep cold water as we sipped gin and tonics in the screen porch and listened to loons calling to each other in the dark. Our dinners spent under the inky night sky filled with stars and the glowing northern lights with friends are still memorable. This part of the country etched itself firmly into my memory and I painted this nighttime lake magic in the background of an ode to Tom to balance the flow of ocean and earth described as waves of golden wheat in the foreground since wheat is an annual crop that grows on the flatlands of both continents. I got to know Tom a little better in the process as I took a closer look at his brief body of work, a lot of it painted in the elements on summer painting excursions as sketchy expressive references to a landscape at the heart of the national psyche. Paper was my choice of media for those early paintings which buckled and warped with my inattention to preparation for wet media. Resourceful as ever, though, I ended up developing a complex system to flatten the finished pages. My friend and picture framer, whose work elevated mine, was very helpful, but it quickly became clear that I wasn't going to be framing every single piece I created on paper. Who can afford it? It wasn't long before canvas became the less fragile, more substantial ground and the logical next step in my painting practice. Shoal Lake on the western edge of the Canadian Shield was much further west than the landscapes Tom Thompson explored on painting trips around Georgian Bay and northern Ontario's Lake Country, but both areas shared some geological similarities. The lake has many stories to share, but we'll save some for another day. You'll find I love the lake, and it has been the focus of a lot of art and experience over my 20 or so years engaged in studio practice. At the time I was painting this painting, I was doing some retraining, resisting blending colour down to earthy neutrals as had been my early habit. The choice of chalk pastels forced me to use one colour at a time, like the printmaker I had been in art school, when even then I couldn't decide on one course of action and double majored in both printmaking and painting. Duality was a thing even then, but I wasn't fully aware the concept would become such a feature in my life going forward. I bought pastels in kits, in batches, in fact in any brand I could find, as I explored what felt right. Some went on like butter, while others flaked off unexpectedly, and the occasional one had a gravelly bit that caught the paper like a fingernail on a chalkboard that sent my teeth into that awful and undeniable skunk face, you know, like biting into tinfoil with a filling. Ugh. 
The marks I see in Ode to Tom, in hindsight, show the markings as varied as the pastels that made them. There are hints of haste and lines made quickly. Was I trying to do a few more things before I had to leave to pick up the kids from school? Or was I imagining Tom Thompson painting plein air, roughing in the structure of his subjects in loose, red, unstructured shapes to begin before the weather turned? We both allowed and encouraged these residual marks to speak up on the surface, and I always enjoy the visual zing they provide that encourages the eye's movement through a composition. Ode to Tom, like most of my work, shared lessons with me too. It taught me to enjoy materials, to know that there was more available if I needed some, so go ahead and dive in and feel free to play. I discovered there is no wrong answer when we talk about creativity, that my voice, though accented, is equally valid. I also learned that when your free and expressive nature gets so involved in the making that you inadvertently tear the deckled edge of the paper, to be resourceful and just repair it. It is not the end of the world. Life is precious, full of bumps and bruises and wear and tear, but we learn through doing, and when we find ourselves going off course, we can just redirect and carry on. As I moved across continents, I brought with me a collection of gum leaves, and a few of those beauties are literally embedded into the paper surface with gesso. Together they frame the action and act as a counterbalance to the Jack Pine image. Those gum leaves are a literal piece of Australiana I have rescued from the yards of friends and family to join me on my lifetime odyssey. I don't know if it is because I am an artist that I immerse myself in landscape in thought and action every day, or if it is just who I am. I remember walking in Manhattan with my daughter, who was freshly graduated from environmental design in architecture a couple of years ago. The trip was a grad gift and a chance to take in the sights together. We were both bedraggling, as my family would say, stopping to pause and check out ancient details in this densely populated urban environment that thousands of people passed each day and we probably didn't notice. Mum, she said, as she realised we were both distracted by details, we see things differently, don't we, she said. Yes, I agreed. So maybe it's hereditary and there is no need for a question or statement to justify why I see the world the way I do, it just is what it is. I wonder how you experience landscape. What do you see and perceive in your world? In our reflection today, I want to take a few minutes to explore our individual experience of the landscapes we inhabit and imagine. I wonder how you experience landscape. What do you see and perceive in your world? In our reflection today, I want to take a few minutes to explore an imaginary experience of the landscape together. Let's start by settling in with where we are right now in the present. And of course, as always, if you are driving a vehicle or operating heavy machinery, please stop the recording right now and come back to it when you have a few minutes to listen when you won't be disturbed. Let's take a few deep breaths to ground our body into the present moment. Breathing in and breathing out through the nose as we establish our own rhythm and get comfortable where we are. Make a side note of what you see as you close your eyes. Sometimes I begin with an after image of what I have seen immediately before closing my eyes. Maybe you are seeing a glow of shapes and colours. 
whatever it is that you see, simply notice it as you continue with the breath. Breathing in and breathing out. Let's aim for balance between the inhale and the exhale. Now listen to the sounds of your space. Notice them. Accept them. They simply are. Feel the weight of gravity as your body acclimates to this period of restful awareness. Let's go for a walk, shall we? I want you now to imagine you're walking into the shade of a cool forest on a lovely warm day. You are alone and you are enjoying the sounds around you. You might hear birdsong, or maybe you hear the crack of twigs and stones underfoot, or even children laughing at play way, way, way in the distance. Breathe in the awareness of your location. What do you see? What does it smell like? What small features stand out for you? Continue on your walk as you notice the beauty of your surroundings. You hear the gentle beating wings of a large bird that swoops low and within range. This is unlike any bird you have ever seen before. What does this bird look like to you? Does she have the wingspan of an eagle? The radiance of a hummingbird? Is she camouflaged or can you still see her as she flies off on a breeze? You keep walking in the distance, in the direction the bird flew, and up ahead you see a small figure coming towards you. This small person is smiling broadly and is clearly excited to see you. As you get closer, you realise this small person is a much younger version of yourself. Your paths meet and the younger version of you reaches out for your embrace. Smiling, you hug and exhale a large and peaceful breath together. You are equally comforted by the connection. You feel at home. Holding hands, you continue in the direction the bird is leading you. Through the lower branches of the trees, you can see a beautiful radiant light. There is a clearing up ahead. The closer you get to the clearing, the clearer and more radiant the light becomes. It is as if that light is embracing you as gently and as eagerly as your very young self. You are comforted and you are comfortable. 
The trees lead the way to a clearing, and in front of you, you see a lovely patch of soft spring grass that you and your younger self sit down on. The sun is shining, and the day glowing with brighter and brighter light. On this unique journey, you have an opportunity to share something special with your younger self. Take a moment. What would you say? What would you like to share? Breathe into this moment as you wait to listen to what will reciprocally be shared with you. You smile to yourself as you realize what a beautiful opportunity you have been given. Imagine. Accept. Enjoy. In the distant sky, you notice that magical bird you first saw gently swoop towards you in the forest, returning from her brief flight. As she gets closer, you are aware that your younger self is standing and getting ready to leave. Thank them for their presence and for sharing this restorative moment with you. You continue noticing the cycles of your breath as you start to bring yourself back to your present moment. Slowly, start to bring conscious movement into your fingers and your toes. And take one last look at your soaring desires. What does she look like? What colours or words describe her appearance or the feeling she inspires within you? As you complete this brief journey and make your way back to your routine, I want you to take with you something you have seen or been reminded of during this reflection. If you like to journal, you might like to write or to draw, or you might simply want to move forward into your day with the memory of connection to a much younger you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're able to find something that resonated for you as we journeyed through the backstories of art, life and inspiration together. Watch for new episodes to drop weekly on Tuesdays. I'll meet you there with your morning coffee or afternoon tea as we gather in my studio remotely. Unless, of course, you knock on my door or pop into my messages. Find me on Instagram at mandartcanada or on my website www.mandart.ca where you'll find show notes and images of the artworks we discuss on the podcast in the blog. Feel free to bring a friend or reach out with your questions or comments. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I will look forward to joining with you again as we seek wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Take care. Bye now.